Welcome to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. These shows are unedited, uncensored, and unbelievably good. I would love it if you joined us on Instagram when we go live with awesome guests and great topics. Just follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and click on the live shows tab on my profile. I hope to see you there. Enjoy the show. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the show, show, show. Wendy Valentine here. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are in the world. I'm here in wonderful, sunny Madeira, Portugal, as many of you know. And by the way, so many people have asked me, why did you move to Madeira? So I decided to record a podcast episode of the top seven reasons as to why I moved here. So make sure you check out Monday's episode, episode number 67. And I think it's a great show. Yeah, it's just me, myself, and I on there. Also, uh, I want to tell you guys that tomorrow, I'm so excited. I think I might cry, but I can't cry because then the mascara will go all over the place and this would make for a crazy show. But tomorrow marks the one-year anniversary of the Midlife Makeover Show. I started it on 2-22-22 at 2-22 p.m. I might possibly have a thing with numbers. (laughs) It has been an awesome journey. I did not know what to expect when I started this show. And actually, I started another crazy adventure at the same time. I quit my corporate job uh, back in 2021 and then bought an RV and I took off across the country. Crazy woman that I am. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own show. So I did. So it has been so fascinating. And I just want to tell you guys, I found out yesterday that out of 2.4 million podcasts in the world, I didn't even know that they had that many podcasts, that uh, the Midlife Makeover Show is ranked in the top 2.5%. Pretty cool. And actually, uh, we are in the top 200 in the self-improvement category and education category in everywhere, like Great Britain, Ireland, um, Austria, Australia, and of course, I'm in the top 50 in Portugal. Thank you, my fellow Portuguese peeps. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to thank you guys so much for being on this journey with me. It has been so awesome, and I can't wait to see what 2023 will bring. Okay, so for today's show, it's going to be a great show. We have an awesome guest. Her name is Jessica Procini. I hope I pronounced that right, Jessica. She is a board-certified holistic health practitioner, and she is on a mission, yeah, yeah, to help high-achieving women heal the roots of their emotional eating. When Overeaters Anonymous and therapy weren't enough to help her end her fight with food, she spent 10 years in research before developing her signature healing framework, Escape from emotional eating, which is what we're going to talk about today. And that has helped women reclaim their power over food. Now that she's been 100% free from her compulsions with food for over five years, good for you, Jessica. She helps female entrepreneurs and executives do the same at escapefromemotionaleating.com. Everyone, welcome Jessica to the show. Here she comes. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome oh, to the it. show. Technology is on yes! the side. Yes! Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think when your show comes out on the podcast on Monday, we will have hit 40,000 downloads. So. So Way to bring celebrate. it, Jessica. So I know. So welcome. And I know I read a little bit about you, but um, tell everyone a little bit more about you and um, why you even decided, like, you know what? I'm Well, I am the founder and creator and leader of Escape from Emotional Eating, which long time ago uh, really all started from my own real hidden struggles with food Mm. and specific specifically my compulsions with food. So 
all through my life, I had been someone who loved food. And I used to have this thing with granola, a seemingly healthy food. Um, and I got the kind with just the coconut sugar and the cheese seeds. It was like super healthy. But when I would eat it, I could go through a bag of it within a matter of seconds. And it wasn't until I hit the mm. bottom of the bag that I would look around, kind of like, who ate all my food and where did I go and where am I? Um, and that wasn't yeah. just with granola. It started happening with other foods. And I would notice that it would go through these cycles, specifically when life was really overwhelming or stressful or I was feeling anxious or scared. I would always eat, eat as a way to cope, eat as a way mm. to kind of ground my nervous system. And for a long time, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Um, I was relatively healthy. And when, when it started to really become a problem was as I got older it, and life became more and more overwhelming was when, like, food was just always on my mind. Like I could be having a conversation mm. with someone, but in the back of my mind, be thinking about what I was going to eat, when I was going to eat, how much I was going to eat, how hungry I was. And it was just, it was almost like I had this like mm. life of like, like what was going on behind the scenes with food mm. and then what people were actually seeing were two totally different things. So long story Interesting. short, there were a lot of, zigs and zags and a lot of trial and error and a lot of kind of trying to tackle it from a food and fitness perspective I was just really always missing the mark and after spending mm. hundreds of hours in therapy just kind of really felt like what's wrong with me like was I not born yeah. with a certain gene uh like why do I have these issues with food why is it something I'm so obsessed with and and like what's it mm. going to take and at that point I started to get really scared that things were only going to get worse as I got older and doubly scared that somehow some way I was just like going to have to live with this crazy compulsive pattern with food mm. Um, and it's at that point where I like researched going to Overeaters Anonymous, but never really saw myself in that place or space. Those weren't people like me. Um, I didn't really feel like right. I had a food addiction. Um, and most of all, I wanted change. I wanted to be able to put it behind me and not have it be something I just learned to live with. So it was at that point, already certified in nutrition, already, you know, teaching fitness classes, knowing so much about food and fitness that I really dedicated myself to investigating every single nook and cranny of my relationship with food. Mm. Um, and what I discovered literally blew my mind. And one of the things, Things. I remember when I discovered I was an emotional eater, which was really mind blowing because I I didn't fit the typical stereotype. I didn't have hundreds of pounds to lose. I already had so much nutritional knowledge yeah. that like emotional eater is not something I would identify with. But when I started to put the pieces together, I started to realize yes, I am using food as a way to cope, and yes. I do feel like at times I can't control it. Um, and then from mm. there, it was really driven by wanting to get to the root of it, not wanting to have to live with it, right? Really looking to put it behind me. And from there is where I discovered and mm -hmm. started to research the roots of emotional eating, which we can talk more about. Um, all that <laughs> is what brought me to my work today. Mm. and. Um, now doing this work for over almost 12 years and just really bringing wow. my research wow. to people who were like me, who didn't fit into the Overeaters Anonymous circle and who 
you know, we really weren't finding freedom from eating healthier and working out more and just knowing that there's so much more underneath the surface. Um, and that's really what, once I kind of figured it out, I, that's what motivated me to really support other people in doing the same. That is so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And you know what I noticed too? It's like when you have something like that going on, and a lot of and a lot of people, you might be able mm-hmm. to cover it up, right? So maybe the people around you don't even know. But deep down, it's blocking you from really being who you truly are and and living yeah. your best life. And like I said, it was right. Almost like I had these mm-hmm. split, not personalities, but it was like these yeah. split things. Like on on the front facing, I looked like I had it all together. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, in working in the health world and yet behind the scenes when I was alone and no one was around, Mm -hmm. I was standing in my kitchen stuffing my face. So, and. Right. Right. You're able to like compartmentalize it. Right. Like, okay, well, I can, I can put it on your mind, but basically you put it on pause when you're out in the world and you're doing your thing, but it's always going right. on. But even your then, mind. we yeah. try to compartmentalize yeah. it, but it's not really possible. So mm-hmm. for example, like I always had food on me. Yeah. If I would travel, I mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. always be bringing lots of snacks and not from a place of like supporting myself. It was from a place of, I'm going to need this when I get anxious. I'm going to need this when I get mm-hmm. overwhelmed. I'm going to need this when I get tired. Uh, so I'm going to interesting. myself in that way. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting, I was looking on your about page on your website about <laughs> how it was granola, like you said. And that's right. like, most people are like, well, that's healthy. But still, there was that emotional connection to the granola. And maybe there was a way where it's like, well, it's granola. So then it almost made it a little bit easier to right. eat all of it or whatever, right? And that was right? one of the biggest, yeah. like, are you freaking kidding me moments where I realized uh-huh. that we can overeat and have an unhealthy relationship with healthy food yeah. too. Like, even though I was swapping out mm-hmm. the cookies for carrots, that there was it was the compulsion behind it it wasn't a craving cravings are very different than compulsions it was the compulsion that was driving even though I was consciously aware of like I shouldn't be doing this like I should stop but feeling like I couldn't right right Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so what I love too is that you have again on your website, which is great. Yeah. Y'all make sure you check out her website, escapefromemotionaleating.com. Um, so today I would love to go over mm-hmm. your eight steps. And I think like what we were talking about before we went live is that I think as as humans, we like to have steps. We like to, okay, I do this, 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 and this, and this. So I love how it's so organized. And I, I think too, it again with human beings, we like, we like these steps. We like to see that there's an end. Like, okay, if I start here and I go here, 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 and here, then I should be in a much better place than I was before here. Right. So what we're going to do, so step one, so how do you escape from emotional eating? Um, step one, build emotional fitness. I love that. Um, it says on here, it's imperative that we move your nervous system out of its hypervigilant fight, flight, freeze state into a rest, restore, rejuvenate state. It just sounds so much nicer. <laughs> uh, you'll learn the core practice of energy management via the escape from emotional eating energy management tools, like the fear flush. I love that. And I don't even know what it is, but it sounds cool. Um, and digestive, digesting emotions. This is where peace not anxiety becomes your yeah. new normal. Yeah. So let's talk so about that. So the first thing I think what really makes my work different than a lot of other mm-hmm. emotional eating support out there is that we actually don't start focusing mm-hmm. on food because there's such a deeply mm. rooted connection to it. If I was like, well, you know, give me, give me your food, people would not feel safe in, and 
also not get to the real roots of the problem. And what we have to remember That's true. is it's yep. called emotional eating for a reason. It, because there's emotional <laughs> energy that is not yeah. being managed or supported or even nourished. So where we start is on the inside with managing our energy and managing our emotions and giving that a place to go in a healthy way so that when we are facing food, the like inner emotional chaos is at a such a lower level and has less of a tendency mm. to drive compulsive patterns. You can kind of feel it feel like mm. it's peeling back the layers. And it's usually within the yeah. first month that my clients are already starting to feel more calm, more centered, more conscious, and even more in control of themselves and their relationship with mm -hmm. food. Is it more of kind of like connecting the dots of, okay, I'm doing this because of this? Is like in this that particular step? later in the process. This is more of like, mm -hmm. okay. I feel stressed. And instead of moving through my day in a stressed state, I'm going to manage this in a way that can help me choose a different way to approach my day. So it's transforming the energy even before we get to anything else. It's almost like if we were listening to a radio station and every once in a while there would be this static coming in. What this building emotional fitness does is it's removing the static so we can just hear what's going uh, on uh, underneath the surface yeah. in our bodies yeah. and in our minds and souls I love that oh and I'm so glad you said that it's like they call it emotional <laughs> eating you know for <laughs> for a reason so yeah let's target the emotions you know um so step two untangle physical and emotional hunger Using food as fuel is not about mastering willpower, restriction, or deprivation. It's about untangling the wires that you've crossed, that, you, that you've got crossed, and deeply understanding, respecting, and mastering physical hunger versus emotional hunger. So important. In this phase of your journey, you'll come to deeply understand the language of your body so you confidently and consistently choose what nourishes you, not what poisons you. Yeah. So let's talk so about anytime that one. we are using something, in this case, food, as a buffer, a buffer between mm. ourselves and our feelings, we are out of touch with our body's true mm. language and true needs. And we have a physical body, but we also have an emotional body. And our emotional body just really gets pushed aside because in our world and in our culture and in our society, we value the physical so much more than we value the emotional. And, yeah. So in my work, it's, mm. it's about, yes, okay, what's showing up in the physical, whether it's excess weight or insomnia or anxiety, but it's also mm. like, what is showing up in your emotional body? And a lot of us don't realize right. that our emotional body has its own set of needs. It has its own hunger language. Mm -hmm. In other words, when we feel a need for comfort, that is our emotional body speaking. Sure, you can eat comfort mm -hmm. food, you know, but, but if you want to truly yeah. thrive in this world, Using food to try to meet your emotional emotional needs will only get in the way. So when I work with my clients, it's about right. yeah. untangling. Well, is this physical hunger? Is this emotional hunger? How do mm. you know? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And most of all, mm. what do you need? And starting to feed our emotional needs outside of when we're putting anything in our mouths because if we don't feed our emotional mm. body in the way that it needs we will always be hungry not only just physically hungry mm. but we will always mm -hmm. be searching and searching and searching for a way to fill that void within. Right. that's interesting 
interesting. And kind of going back to what you're saying in step one, it's like cutting that noise, reducing that noise so that you can even get more in touch with what you're feeling and why you're feeling. Yeah. And, and a lot of my clients, when, yeah. when yeah. we first start our work together, well, my clients are very high achieving, mm-hmm. very busy always striving for excellence in all that they do. So they have been so ensconced in the go, 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 do, do, do. What do I have to do to perform, to measure up, to fit in, to be seen enough? They're Mm -hmm. very out of touch with, like, how how do you even know if you're hungry? They just are eating. Oh, it's 12 o'clock. I got to eat. Oh, it's 6 o'clock. I got to eat. And then aren't even taking into consideration like where their body is throughout their day Mm. yeah I would think so too even you know the most successful are the ones that are going to be like super busy and they're just go 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 they're like oh yeah food Uh uh uh-huh like not really Mm -hmm. being mindful right right and conscious of what it is that they're feeling or what they're needing from the food yeah and, cetera, and not just conscious and yeah. mindful of food mm-hmm. but conscious and mindful of their mm-hmm. bodies so they're not going right. over yes. in their right. office uh, you know and wondering like how did i get here yes. like well your body has been telling you you've been right. in burnout for six months <laughs> you know like you just have yeah, i know <laughs> i know and yes i'm so glad you said that. I've always said that about like, with the human yeah. body. Like, it'll tell you what it's like, hello. And so eventually, sometimes it tells you so much that eventually it's screaming at you. And then sometimes, right. unfortunately, then it's too late because it's been screaming at you. Go like, stop, stop, stop. You yeah. know, it's like, okay. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. quieting that noise, I would think, really makes a huge difference in just being able to hear and right. to feel and to but really tap in. That mm-hmm. is- then we have access to our intuition. Then we have access to creativity. Then we have access to so many other things, skills, resources that make things Mm -hmm. easier, make things more productive, make things more aligned than if we were just trying to shut it all down and go. Yes, exactly. Well, when you're spending all of that extra mental and emotional energy on that, it's taking away from other things, just like you said, because then you end up opening up that creativity and your intuition. Right, exactly. So that's kind of going back to what I was saying before. That's where you really do hold yourself back. Yeah. And also, I think like the journey you're about to embark on with like writing and, and, you know, creation. Yes. Yeah, that can like if if food, for example, was a crutch, it can really limit Mm -hmm. your creative abilities. Not saying that you're an emotional eater, but I'm just as an example, like anything we do, whether we're writing a book or we're building a business or we're either mothering our kids. If. Yeah, I was just going to say that just spending time in relationship where you're if you're elsewhere then you're obviously you're not being present in, and not in only that, moment that but then you're not able to teach them how do they be present especially when things get hard how do we yes. handle the hard things how do yep. we build resilience yep. especially emotionally instead of here have a cookie mm-hmm. it'll all be fine yes exactly so step three Inner peace as your new normal. Love that. Stop believing and cycling through toxic thoughts and everything gets healthier. Here we move to clear out the mental junk food and build a strong, healthy mental space with your beautifully, I love this, I love this sentence, with your beautifully toned (laughs) mental muscles, yes, Um, (laughs) your inner demons will no longer be dictating your thoughts. Love that feelings, food choices, and life, you develop inner peace no matter what is going on around you. Um, And I want to say first, I think a a little while back, you said something about having that control, taking, getting Mm -hmm. that control back. And I think that's what's so important with all of this is it's just, it's kind of, um, yeah, like that becomes your new normal is having that inner peace. And that in itself just gets, 
gains yeah. that control for you. So I you. just recently mm-hmm. led um, mm-hmm. an in-person or an online and in-person training for my clients called The Immersion, which was all about getting back in touch with themselves. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about was we have feelings obviously. But then, especially for the women that I work with, we have feelings about our feelings. So, and that is where we really struggle because it's one thing to be able to identify, okay, I feel sad or I feel scared or I feel even overjoyed. It's a whole, whole other kit and caboodle to actually uh, mm-hmm. unconditionally accept and nourish how we feel without judgment, without shame, without guilt. Yeah. So this is where we really start to dig more deeply into the inner work of our relationship mm-hmm. with food, because there's just so much gunk that has been built up over the years. <laughs> And it's almost like the older you are, almost like the more work we have to do because there's so much to untangle. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Especially with what we've learned, even just of how we move through Mm. the world as women. Um, So this is one, I mean, all of the steps are one of my favorites, but this is really where... um, you know, again, my work separates itself from the other types of emotional eating support out there because of how we approach mm. the mental mm. junk food and how we approach our relationship with what's going on internally within ourselves. Yeah. I love that you said that about just even judging our own emotions and our thoughts and our, our the feelings about our feelings. I mean, I was like queen of that. I used to do that. I mean, I still do. I'm not like perfect, that's for sure. But I mean, it was probably years ago when I finally realized, I was like, you know what? Why do I just get I'm like, okay, I feel like shit or I feel like this or I feel like that, whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> instead of, I would end up building upon, it would snowball. If I was feeling down about something, I'd give, I'd get, I feel even worse because I felt down. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, here you go again. Da, 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 da. And then like this vicious cycle. And finally I was like, oh my God, stop judging your, yes, I'm a human being, being right. human. And yes, I have emotions. Right. And I think even too, you know, emotion, emotion. energy and motion. And it's just allowing, yeah, it's just allowing it like, yep, allowing that to flow through you. Don't judge it. Don't, you don't have to like, oh, let me take yeah. this out and take a look at it. You know? <laughs> But I used to always do that. And I would just go, I would yes. just myself insane. Because silly. emotional energy yeah. is life force. Yeah. It's, it's Sponda. It's, right. it's like mm-hmm. part of yeah. us. It would be like trying to operate mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. without an arm. Um, you know, like it, you would have right. to learn how to do mm-hmm. things differently. So in my yeah. work, one of the things that I tell my clients all the time is like here, healthy means whole it's it's not about a certain size it's not about a way you look it's not even about a way you feel because our goal is unconditional support and nourishment for whatever we have going on the dark and the light the difficult and the easy the fun and the Mm -hmm. hard so this is what you know, that unconditional acceptance of self is really important, especially when it comes to like what's going on in our brains and what we are literally telling ourselves about ourselves day in and day out. Yes. Yeah. That inner voice. I always say it's like that it can either be your cheerleader or your greatest critic, right? I mean, it's like, and Yes, and they could just do so much damage. Yeah, <laughs> if you let them. But until you stop and go, okay, wait, a like, like you did years ago, you're like, ah, right, no, and we're not doing this shifting anymore. Shifting those yeah. parts of you that are currently tearing you down, and and restructuring mm-hmm. so they're actually working for you. So this isn't about shutting out right. a part of yourself, right, or like only using one mm-hmm. aspect of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like. How can all parts of myself, even the parts that are really hard on me, 
how can they work towards yeah. my ultimate benefit rather than always be tearing me yeah. down and always be, you know, criticizing mm-hmm. me? Because I can tell you, no one has ever gotten done a work day and been like, yeah, like I really, you know, tore myself a new asshole today and got so much done. <laughs> it's like, it's not what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the opposite is true. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I did that. That's right. (laughs) So, let's see. Okay, we did step three, step four. Okay, step four. Heal the roots of your emotional eating. From your own personal experience with healing my emotional eating and over a decade of research, I've identified the four roots of emotional eating. Take any compulsive experience with food and follow it down to the root. One of or a combination of these four roots is activated. If these roots are not addressed head on, they will continue to drive the emotional eating cycle. In our work together, this is coming from you, we heal these so you can truly be free from emotional eating. This is where like the core of it all really comes down to Mm -hmm. is healing the roots of emotional eating. That is what I am fully committed to. Mm -hmm. I am not interested in quick fixes. I'm not interested in be free in eight weeks. No, my clients (laughs) come to me because they want to be done with this. And they want it more than anything. And that's exactly Mm. what we do. And in Mm. order to do that, we have to get to the roots of what is going on. And lucky for my clients is that I've put in so much time and energy and research into this that Mm. within a matter of minutes, we, we can now identify which root of theirs is most active and get right to work to healing it so they can be free. And there are a lot Mm -hmm. of women who come to me saying, you know, I know you say you're free, but it feels like, it feels like it's just not possible for me. But when we start working Mm. healing with the roots directly, my clients then turn around and say, I have an emotionally in, in a year, two years, three years, some of my mm. clients even going on seven years um, because we've approached mm. this very differently and because we've gotten to the root of what's going on. I love that. Did you have, do you have a gift yes. with that? The step four? So for anyone you, okay, yeah. watching or listening, if you're like, huh, I wonder what the root of my emotional eating is or my overeating is is I really highly recommend you go to the website innerwork.me and you will have exclusive access Mm -hmm. to the four roots of emotional eating clarity quiz. So you take this simple quiz and it'll give you what root is most prevalent and most active for you right now. And then you Mm. will be um, supported with a beginner's guide of how to start working with that root tools, tips, more information about your mm. roots specifically so you can start putting things in motion. So this is a great way to oh, that's so kind of cool. dip your toe in the water to start doing some of the inner work and to also really get clear of like what is driving this compulsive pattern with food. Yeah, as a matter of fact, someone just mentioned, they made a comment mm-hmm. earlier that they eat when they're bored. So that would be a good thing for them to do, right? So they go to the innerwork.me, inner work. go to innerwork.me, take the quiz. I'd be okay. really curious if they mm-hmm. want to either take it right now because they can and then pop back on and let us yeah. know their results. Yeah, that would be cool. Or even send me yeah. a message or a DM here on Instagram. Let me know what your mm-hmm. results are because eating yeah. on board is just the surface. It's just a symptom. What's going mm. on can be yep. so many different things. And that's where taking the quiz, yeah. really starting to look beyond just boredom, because a lot of other emotional eating support will be like, do something fun, go for a walk if you're bored. And it's just like, well, I went yeah. for that walk and I still want to eat. So what now? Yeah. Um, 
this is where yeah, exactly. the four roots can really just cut through that and say, well, even though you're seeing I, it show up as bored eating, what's really going on is this. And that's what the quiz will tell you. So that's innerwork.me. Highly recommend if you can go take it now and then that. come back and let us know what your results are because we can talk yeah, about it. That would be so cool. Yeah. And I know that, well, I was trying to think of what their uh, handle name was, but you know who you are. Do that if you want to. It'd be so cool. Um, so step five, the gift of your compulsions. Um, what you resist persists. I love that phrase. Um, that's why emotional eating is a cycle. The way to break this toxic cycle of self-destruction with food is not to control or resist the urge to eat. Instead, it's about learning the way to escape. In this process, she's going to teach you the step-by-step way out of any compulsive pattern to numb. This is where your compulsions become your greatest teachers. I love that. Uh, Wellspring for deep wisdom and the greatest gift from the universe for your deepest healing and liberation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I just could talk about this all day and I do, but (laughs) I just love this step because it literally is flipping the shame, the guilt, and the judgment, and even the Mm. secrecy we have around emotional eating and starting to lean into it and say, what do you have to teach me? Because that's why it's showing up in our Mm -hmm. lives. And as we were talking about earlier, understanding the language of our bodies can really alleviate so much chaos and pain. Same thing here. If we start Mm -hmm. to understand the language of our compulsions and really start to understand what is it that we really need? Um, Because food, most likely, especially if it's coming from an emotional eating place, food is not the answer. So something else is, Mm -hmm. and it's about really learning how to see our triggers as treasures, as information, and literally Mm -hmm. our roadmap to having our needs met. Again, I'll say food is not the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, It never is, especially when we have an emotional need. All this to say is, is, I am Italian. I love food. I'm not here to be the food police. That's not what I do. But it's about coming into an integrity with our relationship with food and ourselves. So again, everything is supporting us rather than getting to the end of the day and moving into a self-destructive habit that just tears us down and sets us up for chaos the next day. Mm. Yeah. I was wondering, um, as people do this work, do they naturally reach for healthier foods, if that might have been an issue for them, um, and or lose the weight if that was something that they needed to do? Does it just naturally just end up happening without like, okay, as we typically do, especially as Americans, like, I'm going to go on this diet, I'm going to lose this weight, and let me just, you know, (laughs) take a quick turn here, skip over all the other steps, but as they do this emotional work, all of that just yeah. naturally Well, happens. excess weight comes from mm. two things. It comes from what we're eating, but also the emotional energy that we're holding on to. So obviously from yes. step one all the way to the end, we are like cleaning out emotional closets. We are like getting rid of stuff, stuff mm-hmm. they've been holding on, stuff that's been trapped in their bodies. And I mean, in a nutshell, this work is about coming into alignment and coming into integrity with themselves. So I can guarantee Mm. that when someone starts working with me, Mm. that they're doing or eating or consuming things that are not in alignment with themselves. And through our work together, it's about coming into alignment and even ownership with, again, what nourishes you versus what mm-hmm. poisons you, quote, right. unquote. And the more mm-hmm. that we feed ourselves the things that nourish us, we are going to see things like weight loss, more energy, mm-hmm. better sleeping, clearer skin, being happier, um, being more creative, being more playful, 
wanting to connect more with people. I mean, there's just so many physical experiences of like what this inner work really does. Um, I think one of the like one of my favorite stories is about a client I have who is a surgeon, extremely busy, mm-hmm. so much so like there wasn't even yep. a moment to breathe through her day, let alone feed herself. And she came to yeah. me saying that she had 20 pounds to lose, but most of all, she eats when she's frustrated and she's frustrated when she eats. And through our work together, mm. literally these steps that we've been talking about and I take everyone through, not only did she lose the weight, but she stopped emotionally eating. And I think she's somewhere around like five years since her last emotional eating mm. experience. And we're still working together because it's just that real strong aligned connection. And she said to me one day that um, she started this organization on top of her already very busy surgical life um that she started this organization (laughs) that teaches er doctors how to identify victims of sex trafficking Hmm. and and she said to me oh wow i never would have the time the energy or even the motivation to start this organization if it weren't for our work together because she said I would have been so yeah. like entranced in frustration and just beating my head against a wall and not getting anywhere. And she's like, and and then this, mm-hmm. and this is what has happened. And since then, she's yes. So that's kind. Of, yeah, I was gonna say that kind of goes back to that opening up your intuition yeah. and your creativity. Yeah, right. And then we can be I love that of greater yeah. service. And the way that we're really meant to be. And if anything, I really believe that our world needs us more than ever. It needs all Mm -hmm. of us, especially the part that emotional eating steals. Yeah. And I also want to repeat what you said earlier about your triggers becoming your treasures. Let those be your... I dig that. That's one one of the things in the last few years I've really been trying to tap in for myself is that when I get triggered, and I do pretty much every day, is that I'm immediately like, ooh, what is, why is this here again? And what yes. do you have to teach me? And I let that become, a, and it's amazing what does come out of that. And instead of like judging, oh my God, I'm getting triggered again, you know, like, wait a minute, there's something underneath this. Like, let this yes. teach me something. So I love exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. So step number six, um, lift the weight of the world from your shoulders. Overeaters have a difficult time processing emotions, energy, and times of intensity. If you do not work through them, you hold on to them. They stay in your head and in your body. You'll stuff them down with food. This subconsciously makes your body larger in size in order to contain all your problems. Interesting. I love that. Um, This is why I created the process of digesting emotions. So there is an easy tool to reach for, not food. And not just to feel your feelings, but to process, release, and transform overwhelming energy and emotions. When you do this work together, your body will have the green light to let go of any excess physical, mental, or emotional weight. So it's kind of like what we were just talking about. Yeah. The kind of about um, Mm -hmm. digesting emotions, because this is, this is my baby. So when (laughs) I was going through my own healing journey, I would go to therapy and I love therapy because Mm -hmm. I just get to talk about all of my problems and then leave. Um, and they also have a favorite tea. So I get to sit on a comfy couch, talk about my problems and drink my favorite tea, which signed me up. But what was wild to me is I would go for this hour long session and then I would come home and the pantry would literally be calling me in again. And, um, after time I was like, Uh WTF, like, why does this keep happening? Because I'm going to therapy, but I'm still emotionally eating and nothing is really hitting the mark here. 
One of the things that I discovered, again, from my research is where I would get tripped up is when people would say, oh, Jessica, you just need to feel your feelings. And it's like, okay, but what does that really mean? Like, do I, and how do I know I'm doing it? And, and can I get off the couch and like, get into my day because that's actually what I really need to do. Um, So I created this process. It's a nine-step process called digesting emotions so that we can Mm. identify what we're feeling, make connections, don't feel like we're crazy or we don't feel like, um, you know, we're feeling other people's feelings, but it's about taking it from what am I feeling all the way to understanding what do I need and being able to move it into action because there's nothing worse than recognizing we need something and just leaving Mm -hmm. it. It's sort of like leaving a baby without food. Uh, It's just not sustainable. Right. So for ourselves, it's about being able to move move our emotions kind of like through our emotional digestive tract so we can eliminate the waste, Mm -hmm. take what's valuable, and then move it into action rather than feeling Mm -hmm. like we're moving through our lives like this oversaturated sponge of just having so much stuff glommed onto us, being able to move through knowing I'm okay, I'm okay. Hey, with whatever happens in my day, because I have these tools, I know that whatever shows up, I'll be able to move through it. Yeah. And most of all, move through it connected to myself rather than numbing through overeating or over drinking or even overworking. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Ah, <laughs> so wise. I mean, you're so wise. I, I love that you, you've been like been a good little guinea pig to yeah. go like to do all this yeah. stuff. It's great. Um, step seven is feed your hungry soul with peace as your new normal and food as fuel. You will have an abundant source of energy, creativity, and power. Yeah, you'll channel this into the gentle stirrings of your soul's calling, your life's purpose. I dig this. Whether it's to take your business to the next level or simply care for your children like a <laughs> she wolf. You will rest your head on your pillow at night feeling utterly yes. fulfilled. I think that says it all, yeah. all right there. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, boom, my job. Because that's it. And in the story I told about my client, like that's, that's it in practice is yeah. it will open us mm-hmm. to what's next. And for me, you know, when I healed my emotional eating, obviously I started this business and and that has been a Mm -hmm. major source Mm -hmm. of where I put a lot of time and energy, but also healing my emotional eating really opened me to having a healthy relationship. And now I've been married for five years and I see how the things and the skills and the muscles that I built through my healing journey have really mm. become beautiful assets in my relationship. Because when I was emotionally eating, yeah. I was not willing to be vulnerable. I was, I was only willing to be perfect. Mm. I wasn't willing to embrace mm. the wholeness of who I am or let anyone see me struggle or feel challenged or even ask for help and healing my emotional eating has really supported me in embracing my imperfections and embracing where I need help and advocating for those needs and and that Mm. has really set our relationship up for great success because I can tell you if I wasn't emotionally eating I probably wouldn't be married because I wouldn't have the skills mm. to communicate and I'd be holding so much in mm-hmm. that, you know, eventually I would explode and he would just be like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> what if we were fine? Yeah. They haven't been communicating. <laughs> so all this to say is we don't always know where 
our emotional eating healing journey will lead mm-hmm. us, but it's always, always, always for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like this nice domino effect that happens yeah. with it. And like you said, you don't know what can open up, but I think the key is to be open when you go into it. Like, okay, like, let's do this. You yeah. have to be ready and willing but to I do it. But I can tell you anything yeah. is better than being trapped in the emotional eating cycle. Mm-hmm. Anything is better because that yes. literally is yep. the worst. Yeah, exactly. Um, final step is step eight, rinse and repeat. Just like we have to bathe our bodies regularly to keep healthy hygiene, we must continue and, uh, and consistently work these steps again and again to keep healthy mental and emotional hygiene where food is fuel. This is not about going back to the beginning or repeating the first grade. It's about reaching new levels by slaying new devils. Dang, that's a good <laughs> phrase right there, too. <laughs> you better trademark that one. Uh, let's see. Reaching new levels by slaying new devils, by working the tools, walking the journey, and moving to your advanced levels of inner peace. This is yeah. the path to mastery. ever evolving Mm -hmm. relationship that we have and that is our relationship with food I think a lot of people and especially Mm -hmm. diet culture sets up for this expectation of oh you just do this for a certain amount of time and then you won't have to worry about it ever again and the truth is that in my work it's about accepting our responsibility to take care of ourselves especially when it comes to our physical Mm. and emotional bodies and then recognizing that the way you are today is not going to be the way you are in five years or what you need in 10 years right so it's about equipping my clients Mm -hmm. with the tools to support themselves through that evolution and as I shared um, the story about one of my clients, we're still working together because of this exactly, even though she's not emotionally yes. eating. Mm-hmm. And I do have, have a program called the advanced level and embody your full potential mm-hmm. for clients who are already mm-hmm. free and they're ready to go to the next level yeah. and it's showing up in a different way. So for a lot of clients, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, relationships and and letting go of patterns of people pleasing and just you know not Mm. speaking up and for some people it's bringing our work into their life purpose and their career and but the core of it the roots of it are all the same and if we just accept yeah the responsibility for ourselves and our bodies and our health throughout our lives Number one, we'll find the solutions Mm -hmm. to our challenges much more quickly and they'll be more sustainable because we're no longer searching for the next quick quick fix. Yes, exactly. I kind of think of it like a garden, right? I mean, you can go in there and you can rip all those weeds out, but I guarantee you there's going to be some new weeds that pop in there. So you have to constantly take care of the garden. You can't just, like you said, just, oh, and then you're done. Right. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) But the thing is, too, like you said, you'll be a different person anyways. As you get older, your environment changes, your your family changes. So you change. And so therefore you do have to co- continue right. to do that work. Yeah. And, and it's so worth it. clients will come to yeah. me saying like, yeah. oh, I want to get back to who I was before I had kids. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, mm-hmm. but there is a new <laughs> you. There's yeah. like a 2.0 that we have yeah. to even just get in touch with. And there may be some elements of yeah. your past self that, you know, come more to the forefront and where you are now but we we can't be under this myth that mm-hmm. life with three kids is going to look like your life without any kids it's just not, <laughs> yeah. it's not healthy i know try to uh. pretend like you don't have kids now because your life is different and you have different needs yeah. And you have different people in your life. So let's take it all into consideration yeah. and evolve into this new version rather than 
trying to fit into something that just doesn't fit anymore. Right. It's just loving and accepting yourself in all phases of your life. That's really what this is all about. I mean, in a nutshell. Right. (laughs) Yeah. In a nutshell. So where can we find you? Over at escapefromemotionaleating.com. You're here on Instagram. Be sure to, you know, connect with me on here. Even though I am a very shy, sensitive woman, and don't, you know, I'm not your typical Instagrammer, but I'd still love to be connected. Um, and if you want to take the quiz and get the beginner's guide, innerwork.me is your shortcut to all those resources. I just wanted to check: Did the person come back and type in their results? Um, he just, um, I think that was him that just left a comment. Um, he says, what are feeling? I know rage, anger, sadness, and hate on a schedule that is eat, sleep, and work. I'm not quite sure. So I don't don't know. Did you end up taking the quiz? We're all curious. If you did, great. If you don't want to show, that's okay too. Um, does anybody have questions? Anyone? I know. Bueller. I will say that <laughs> when it comes to stuff yeah. like this, it's so intimate that a lot of people don't feel comfortable popping questions in the mm-hmm. comments, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't blame anyone. It is a vulnerable set of work. Yeah. So I'll try yes. to give people freedom to, you know, even reach out yeah. in whatever way feels good. And plus, yeah, and then. And even on your website too, right? You would you would end up someone would work right. directly with so you. So if you're just interested in working together, yeah, that's awesome. There's an application on my website that mm-hmm. you can fill out, and then we have um, a discovery okay. session, which is like you get to know me, I get to know you, and then and then mm-hmm. we get to know the work. So because I'm not here for the quick fixes. Yeah. My clients are not numbers, they are people, and it's really important that I get to know them and know them very deeply. Yeah. And I don't work with everyone. Um, There's a limited amount of program Mm -hmm. spots, so I want to make sure it's a fit for the Mm -hmm. both of us, and and that whole discovery session process really allows us to do that in a really unique but also transformational way. I love that. Um, yeah, your website is great. There's Thanks. so much cool stuff on here. And I must say, you have like the most adorable <laughs> voice on the planet. And I love that you're so like, you're so sweet, but you're so direct yeah. too. You're like, oh, okay. And that, that's important, right? Especially if you're working with someone you don't want them to no. fluff it up. Like, what if my clients tell me directly, share right? That with I me, love that. Um, that that I can call shit out with also being very loving. And she's like, I never feel judged and I never feel shamed. Mm-hmm. And you just like have a way of being so loving, but also very direct. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. Also, my birthday's in uh, like two weeks. And I'm like, I'm turning 37, but I still look like I'm 16. (laughs) I know, I was going to say, I didn't want to ask how old you are, but yeah, you look so young, it sounds so young, but hey, it's working, so keep up with that. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you so much. Yeah, and this will be on the podcast this coming up Monday, so I'm super excited about that, so make sure y'all tune in there and follow her on Instagram, check her out on YouTube. Yes, and and be sure to let me know all the fun happenings in your universe so that I can always, you know. Yeah. My crazy Thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. Before we part ways, just a few quick reminders of how you and I can connect outside of this fabulous show. Number one, Join the Midlife Makeover Club. It's our private Facebook community for all things related to midlife, relationships, health, mindset, and more. You will receive episode updates, interview clips of the show, Instagram live videos, wise words from Wendy, and of course, some wacky words from Wendy. 
basically anything to help you live, love, and laugh through midlife. Just go to the midlifemakeoverclub.com and request to join. We would love to have you. Number two, join us for the next Instagram live show. The cool thing about IG Lives is that you can meet new guests and ask questions live on the show. How cool is that? Just follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and click on live shows on my profile. Number three, check out my Midlife Makeover Method online course available at midlifemakeovermethod.com. In this fabulous four-week online course presented by your hostess of the Midlife Mostess, you will embark on an awesome journey of transformation. I will help you discover your number one wish, uncover your why, and get you taking action towards creating a life you love. Over four weeks, we will go through four phases of seed to flight. You will walk away with a midlife metamorphosis.